Uh, I hope I'm not coming down with the game source flu again. I just had it. I want to get over it again. Uh, my gosh. Um, Have me a quart here of uh, pineapple orange juice, courtesy of uh, Jeremiah and Bryce's former location, and we'll see you from there. I'll I'll try to get it out. I feel like how I feel when I see Nick. Let's put it that way. Yes, that queasy feeling all over. You were saying something, Jeremiah? Podcast. This is Gerald, better known as Yes Elvis Lives, and it's a beautiful evening in paradise, I should say. How is everyone out there? It's us again at www.yourgamesource.com, your leader for everything video games. And tonight's podcast, I've got a great group again. Uh, let's start off with Bryce. Hello. And then go with Stefu. Hello. And we've got Sarah. Hi. And Mr. Jeremiah. Certainly last but not least. Hello, hello. Let's get on with the news. The news. The news. The news. The news. The news. And first off, we've got uh, Nintendo's direct announcement was last week, and I'm telling you, it just this is something that, that really hits home for a lot of people who had hopes for the Wii U. They had a, a big announcement, a big direct announcement with a lot of big games and changes to the actual Weavers. Um, a lot of big changes were in store, uh, are in store for all Wii U owners out there, or even people interested in Wii U. I mean, there's two Legend of Zelda games now that, that they're that's coming pretty soon, uh, both Wind Waker remake and a new adventure. Uh, there's a new Mario Kart and a 3D Super Mario, which will be playable at E3, so they could be out by the end of this year. That's great news. Yoshi's going to get another solo adventure for the first time since 1998, if you can believe that, for Yoshi. Um, virtual con support, console support for the Wii U has been confirmed for the spring, uh, alongside, you know, just better as far as more improvements with Amiibers, cutting down of loading times. And I know Jeremiah was especially pleased about this. Uh, Xenoblade Chronicles, one of uh, last year's best overall games, and I believe was your choice for game here. Is that not correct? Yes, it was. It's getting a sequel, so I can tell you what, a lot of great things are in store. The Miiverse is going to be improved dramatically. Uh, Wii Party has been announced. Uh, it's just really, really starting to look good for the Wii U. Um, just, w- just when things were really starting to look down for the system, and with no announcements made, uh, there was a really a lot of uh, lull, really kind of a lull, and games were supposed to come out in the spring, being delayed and things of that nature. Um, my question, and I'm going to throw it to Sarah first. I just out of the blue like this to make this announcement um, in mid-January. I think maybe it was, <clears throat> excuse me, I mean, the Wii U isn't selling like they anticipated it would, and I don't know, maybe they thought that by announcing new things that they could um, 
improve the sales of the Wii U. I mean, let's face it, Mario, and to a lesser extent, Zelda, is what carries Nintendo at this point. So keeping people interested and giving them new things is going to keep them coming back, if you will, or generate interest. Good point. point. Steph, now, you were obviously very... Oh, I saw some posts uh, on as far as uh, Facebook is concerned. What are your thoughts? Why do you think just at this point in time they just decided to just bring it all out all at once like this? Um, well, I think it has a lot to do with uh, the rumors that the um, new PlayStation and Xbox are going to be announced here shortly in the next coming months. So I think that Nintendo wanted to kind of jump the gun on that and, you know, be like, look, we're getting games out for this, you know, it's not, you know, drifting to the wayside. We have a lot of content that we're going to be coming out with and uh, wanted to get people excited about that before uh, we hear about the new consoles. Okay. Okay. My next question for Jeremiah, could some of these announcements have been made Maybe in November, just as the system was coming out, or right after, or maybe during the Christmas holiday season, or maybe even as late as January at CES. Do you think, you know, when all the media is watching the electronics industry? Um, Jeremiah, what are your thoughts? Well, I don't know about as early as November and December, um, but maybe could have had some of it at CES at least. Um, but I think as far as, like, the timing goes, like, I think part of it might have just been because of the sales, like Sarah said, um, but also because they had to push back some of those other games that, you know, were, like, you know, big anticipated games like the Pikmin 3 and the Wonderful 101, which are, you know, both ones that I'm going to be getting. Uh, so, I mean, this is, you know, I think, you know, decent timing to help, you know, reassure the fans that, you know, they they are putting some stuff out. They are working on a lot of stuff. But the only thing I have to say to that is, I mean, these these games were already in development, and they're just in secret. Um, and Nintendo gets these numbers from retailers, you know, virtually daily on a daily basis, so they could actually see with their own eyes early on before NPD and before, you know, any gaming industry blogs or, or, or pages could actually get their numbers on what Wii U was doing. They got a, a first-hand look and see how well that their unit was selling. So you don't think they could have just maybe announced maybe e- even a Mario Kart or maybe a Zelda game just spice up more interest at that time during the holiday season? Well, they did show the tech demo of the you know the Zelda game, and I mean, but that's two years. Honestly, like that that kind of stuff's kind of obvious. I mean, even in the Nintendo Direct, it was like you know. New Mario Kart, you know, new 3D Mario, like, uh, and, the, you know, the new Zelda, like, those were all, you know, people saw those coming. Um, I mean, the Wind Waker HD was, you know, a little bit more of a surprise, but, uh, you know, like, a lot of that stuff is, you know, stuff they, you know, most people seen coming, and they, yeah, they probably could have announced those just because, you know, like I said, you know, most people are expecting them anyway, but, uh, yeah, I mean, other than that, like, uh, you know, Nintendo's always been pretty secretive about a lot of their stuff. They don't get too many leaks out. Well, fair enough. I mean, the big surprise to me was the Shin Megami Tensei crossover. I thought that was something that was totally out of left field and I never would have expected. Um, Bryce, uh, what do you think? I mean, not even maybe one or two announcements might have you know, pacified a lot of people that were on the fence on Wii U? Um. I think they did fine. New console, they don't want to overload people with all the games. Uh, although, I, I do agree with Jeremiah. People are expecting that you know Zelda and Mario are, are all going to come out to the new system. Even Super Smash Brothers, to a point, are all going to come to the new system. Um, I think they just need an ace in the hole for E3. Uh, because Xbox and PS3 are announcing their new consoles, everyone's hyped up to see the specs, the games what the new capabilities are. So they need to get people hyped for Nintendo early so there's things they do want to see from Nintendo at E3 instead of everyone being focused solely on the new consoles coming out. Now, Bryce, let me ask you this, uh, and uh, I know your wife's there as well. 
going to contemplate this question. Does it entice you more to buy the Wii U? Um, for the promise of the new Super Smash Brothers and the Zelda game, yes. Um, but I'm still honestly looking forward to a new Sony console, the PS4, and seeing what that can do over purchasing a Wii U. Sarah, how about you? Well, to be fair, we were considering purchasing a Wii U before, like, months and months ago. But I have to agree with Bryce. I'm not a huge Wii player. I know, like, my brothers have one, and it's just, it's not, it doesn't have the same interest for me as a PlayStation or an Xbox. So I think that it's safe to say we're both actually really pretty on the fence about purchasing one. Fair enough. Uh, Stephanie, uh, my next question will be uh, for Nintendo now with the Wii U with all these announcements that have been made and the dust has settled for a few days now on this direct announcement. They are going to ha- supposedly come out with another one very shortly with more third-party game announcements. Uh, but with all this going on for the Wii U, do you think it will lead to them winning the, t- the console war for 2013? I don't know. It really depends on exactly when we're going to be getting the um, new PlayStation and uh, Xbox because to a point, the sales, obviously, Nintendo has a huge jump start on them. Um, Some of these games obviously won't even be coming out this year, but uh, I mean, I don't know. I'm not good at guessing who's going to (laughs) win. I understand, but maybe Jeremiah is. What do you think? Well, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm interested in seeing what uh, Sony and Microsoft do as well. I mean, obviously, we already got a Wii U, so I mean, we're sold on that. Um, I mean, I've, I've seen a lot more rumors about the PS4, so I'm actually more curious about what Microsoft's going to do just because I haven't heard a whole lot about it yet. Um, and I'm sure we'll probably end up getting both of them as well, because we end up getting everything. Uh, but as far as, like, you know, winning, uh, you know, no idea on that one. Like, uh, you know, it's it's funny, the, the Shin Megami Tensei and uh, Fire Emblem announcement, you know, while, like, kind of a smaller announcement within all of those was actually, I think, a pretty big announcement, because Iwata was also talking about how they're working on a lot of collaborations right now. Um, and Nintendo's biggest problem has always been with third-party developers, and now that they're you know, directly working with them, um, building these crossover games, um, that ensures that those third parties are getting, you know, a slice of that pie, you know, basically for minimal effort on their part. I mean, they're getting in with a Nintendo brand, um, which gets all the Nintendo fans online, you know, are on board with, you know, their game, which, you know, is easy sales on their part, and then they'll see that, you know, they have, you know, a market there. So I think it's a good step in the right direction for them. Um, But I think that they won't start seeing some real traction from that until maybe next year. But, uh, I mean, it depends on how fast they can, you know, start putting that stuff out. Fair enough. Uh, Bryce, what do you think? Do you think that gives them the leg up in uh, winning 2013? I still think it's up in, in anyone's it's in anyone's ballpark, honestly. Uh, for the new consoles, pricing and shipping titles are going to be a big part. And the holiday season is still a very, very long time away. Lots of surprises from here to now, or then. And Sarah. <laughs> I think it's anybody's game at this point. It could go. Anyway, I think it's going to depend on Sony and Microsoft. I'm actually going to call it right now. I think just because it's got a head start, I think if those games um, that were talked about all do come out before the end of 2013 and before the launch of the PS4 and 360 and a price drop, I did this last year with the Vita, and you should see how that went. But uh, <laughs> a price drop for the Wii U to maybe 
Uh, let's go for a 249 system for a basic and a 299 for the uh, the 32 gig. I'd say they they stand a pretty fair chance of of selling the most uh, in volume this year. But we'll wait and see. Like you said, what PS4 and and 720 uh, have to offer, and uh, hopefully uh, we'll get uh, a load of that pretty soon. Yeah, but uh, unfortunately with the Vita, they didn't really drop the price. They did for remember they dropped the price to one ninety nine during the during the holiday season during the well yeah during the Black Friday sales sort of but I mean they had plenty of chances to drop the price they did they did but they I mean they nationally tele, put on national tele, television nationally advertised everywhere that it was one ninety nine with a game mind you it was a horrible game but also the Assassin's Creed you could get instead of the Call of Duty piece of junk. Um, and it still didn't generate any volume for them, which was very sad uh, because the Vita is a great system. But we'll see. We'll see. Hopefully it'll be integrated into whatever the new PS4 is going to be, uh, which we'll talk about in a little while. But uh, the other major news of the week um, was, unfortunately, THQ uh, was uh, dissembled, uh, disassembled, excuse me, and unfortunately broken up uh, and exists no more as of this point in time. So THQ is history. Uh, in bankruptcy court, there was an auction that took place, and unfortunately a lot of the properties and uh, uh, development companies that were left for THQ were uh, split apart with other uh, publishers. And uh, let me just give a rundown right now of the major ones that were uh, involved. Uh, Sega. Sega uh, paid $26.6 million for the uh, military franchise, Company Heroes, and its developer, Relic Entertainment. Um, European publisher, Cook Media, which most people know, uh, would know, um, have a developer under their umbrella called Deep Silver, um, paid $22.2 million for the Grand Theft Auto parody Saints Row and also their developer Volition. Um, and they paid also as well for $5.9 million for the Metro series. So that's going to be, uh, I think, a, uh, of the entire uh, lot, I think that was the best uh, coup uh, for Coke Media to get both of those uh, entities. Um, Take-Two Interactive paid $10.9 million for the upcoming Action Game Evolved. Ubisoft paid $3.3 million to release an upcoming based off of uh, the South Park series, South Park Stick of Truth. Uh, they got the rights to that one. Plus, they paid $2.5 million for THQ Montreal, which is currently in developing development for the game 1666. Uh, and hopefully we'll bring back one of their former uh, lead developers um, back into the fold. We'll now come back to THQ Montreal. Uh, excuse me, Ubisoft Montreal, as it will be named now. Um, Crytek paid a little over 500000 to take uh, back and take control of its entire Homefront series, so they're no longer going to be going through THQ. They're actually going to be developing it and publishing it themselves. Um, the WWE, most people were probably scared off because the money still owed to them, so that the, the bankruptcy court gave the WWE back its own licensing rights, and WWE has rumored heavily to have already brokered an agreement for a new licensing agreement with Take-Two Interactive. Um, and finally, uh, last but not least of the major news, is that there were no bids at all for either the Darksider IP um, or its developer, Vigil Games. Although this Vigil Games did have somewhat of a happy ending, as I elaborated to in my column uh, on your ESL yes, the Slips blog at www.yourgamesource.com, and also Steph pointed out as well, uh, that they got most of the staff, at least 35 members plus, got picked up by Crytek uh, because Crytek wishes to open up a new studio here in the United States in the Texas area. So, be that as it may, um, let us go to, let's start with Jeremiah on this one. And my first question is, were there any surprises for you? Well, I mean, I've, as uh, mo 
most gamers have probably played like probably several THQ games over the years, like whether you, you know, knew they were THQ games or not. So just the fact that, you know, what was a pretty big company is just kind of, you know, all falling apart is, is kind of crazy in its own right. Like, uh, but I mean, for as far as like, you know, the company's breakdown and everything, like I was pretty surprised about the Darksiders, um, you know, not getting picked up at all. Uh, I mean, it didn't do super great, but I thought, you know, it had good, um, you know, good enough traction for another one to be coming out that would be, you know, it looked like there was kind of a steady increase in, like, revenue for those, for that series. Well, um, the, uh, at, at this point, the ex- the estimated sales was about a million and a quarter, to give you an idea, of sales to date for Darksiders 2. And, yes, they had hinted and tweeted out, the developer did, of Darksiders 3, that Darksiders 3 was it just in production, and they had already impl- tried starting to implement uh, a four-player co-op where you could play as one, a member of the Four Horses of the Apocalypse, um, to give you an idea of what they were trying to do for that series and take it in that direction. Yeah, I think it's really unfortunate. <laughs> because I, mean, I thought those were pretty good. Um, but, like, uh, I mean, I'm glad at least the Saints Row got picked up. I know uh, it's Nick's favorite and all, um, but uh, <laughs> I, I kind of like uh, the third one. I thought it was actually a pretty good game. I agree. I agree. I gave it very high marks, and uh, actually it's a great series. And I knew that one was going to go, at, and I'm uh, at a pretty high price. I am... Uh, surprised myself with uh, what Sega had to pay for the Company Heroes uh, um, developer Relic and, and the IP for Company Heroes. I know they get, there's a game company out, coming out very soon, a sequel, Company Heroes 2. Right. Any surprises for you? No, not really. Uh, I knew all the major titles, such as Dark Side and St. Rose, were all going to get picked up. Uh, I guess a little surprise was the franchise for WWE going back to the original owners, uh, considering all the debt that people owed them for the the titles. But no, no real surprises, unfortunately. Well, Darksiders was, wasn't picked up. The Dark, I thought I read somewhere that Darksiders was picked up. Oh. Uh, oh. They're, as of now, they're still available. Platinum was rumored after the sale to be somewhat interested in them, but yeah, they the, the IP is still uh, oh. available as of this taping. Well, then Stephanie better get on it. She'd probably get it as a good bargain. <laughs> what do you think, Steph? Now, now, mind you, before before you answer on this, you know, it, it was a game early in development, so you're talking a lot of money would have to be fronted by whoever picked them up. Well, I think uh, a big thing uh, with why Vigil wasn't picked up by anybody has to do with the fact that um, they – uh, had just recently released Dark Souls 2, and they were still in very early development of their next game, um, which I believe was codenamed Crawler. Um, so I think that was a big, big deal that whoever picked them up would be having to put a lot of money into the studio since they didn't have a game, you know, near release or on its way to release. Um, so I think that had a huge impact on the fact that Vigil didn't get picked up. Uh, next question, and next question is going to be for Sarah. Is the WWE better in 2K hands? If the rumors are true, and it, it pretty much it was EA thought to be at first, but it looks to be more solidified in uh, that's going to be in 2K's hands as far as the development of the WWE games from this point forth. Wait, I'm sorry. What was your question? Is it is the WWE series of games better in 2K hands than it was in THQs? I would assume that being in any successful company's hands versus one that's failing is better for any game. Well, the only way to say that is because the games themselves were were of a pretty good quality. So... I I don't know. I think it just depends on what they do with it. Okay. Point well taken. Bryce, did you have any thoughts on that? I think 2K will do well with the WWE series. They're a predominantly sports-related publisher, 
So uh, it only seems fitting to go to something that delves in more sports-related franchises. I hope the NBA series uh, gives them a hand. The NBA development studios for NBA 2K helps them out instead of the MLB ones because uh, it's much better rated as far as the series is concerned. Yeah. Uh, my question to you, Jeremiah, is Darksiders better off dead? Because at this point, no. it is. Is that your honest opinion, or you're just playing the happy husband? Oh. <laughs> 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 like a pillow thrown at him. <laughs> that sounded like something. Fair enough, fair enough. Hopefully there's been no violence uh, during the uh, you know answering of that question. But uh, let's move on to uh, Sony. And uh, some PS4 specs may have been leaked out on the Internet. Um, and uh, it looks like, um, as far as it's concerned, that uh, we've got a uh, couple of details on the new Orbis. PS4, whatever you want to call it, um, as far as uh, some of the specs that we'll use. Um, let me see. Bryce, did you have any more? Anymore? Or Sarah, did you have any more uh, on, the, on the specs of that? Because it's not coming up for me right now. Let me see. Uh, I've heard all kinds of things about the specs of the PS4 uh, from Orbis, or I think it's called Thebes now. Yes. Um, to the doing of the cla- or doing away with the classic PlayStation controller in favor of something new, um, just hardware specs here and there. What what possesses? Uh, I've heard so many different things until I get a definite uh, or a detailed article from Sony or a presentation from Sony. I'm I'm not inclined to believe anything right now. I looked it up and uh, did find it, actually, uh, in my notes here, and that um, it's going to maybe uh, use chips uh, that are, you know, running off of AMD A8s, uh, the 3850 APU, and, or, and the Radeon HD 7670 GPU. Um, if that's the case, uh, that packs a, a quad-core 2.9 gigahertz processor with integrated graphics chip, um, according to IGN. Uh, the APU will work in ta- tandem with the system's dedicated GPU, the HD7670, a DirectX 11-enabled card clocked to 1 gigahertz with up to 1 gigabyte of dedicated VRAM. Mm-hmm. So, not too bad as far as... No, it, I mean, definitely a powerful system if the specs are correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, obviously we're looking at rumors and stuff, but, I mean, if what they're true for, you know, both systems... You know, the, the new PS4 looks to be a little bit more powerful than the new uh, Xbox, at least currently. Mm-hmm. I could see someone going back at Microsoft and saying, add more, add more power, add more power. But uh, Add more things. We need it to do more things. What would you like it to do? That was just, that's my, I'm the boss of the company, talking to my peon's voice, or... Advice. He needs people to do more things and make it do more things. <laughs> Just do more. Do more things. Make it do things. If you were Cass, how'd I? Yes. Um, it, so obviously you think it's a little, it's powerful enough to get the job done, at least for the, uh, the interim, at least for the start. Uh, is that correct, Steph? Um, yeah, I... It's going to be a very powerful system. I've also um, heard rumors that it's going to be uh, fully supported, or it'll be able to support um, the 4K uh, TV output, which, um, you know, we're all going to be going out and buying, you know, TVs, but, you know, I it'll know. You win that. So, you were so enamored with it on our last podcast. So. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they're definitely putting a lot of power into it. Um which, you know, if at some point, well, eventually when 
4K TVs are affordable for, you know, the average person. It, you won't have to be like, oh, I wish my system looked better on this TV. It, it'll look good. So, um, I think that's probably going to be a big plus for them. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, my next question is for Sarah. Like I said, Kazurai and Sony CEO announced that they were going to recently was, were going to let uh, Microsoft make the first move in the next gen system war. Uh, do you think they're monumentally stupid for letting MS do this to them again? Well, I think it's probably not the best decision, but then again, they could be like, "Well, that's nice." But this is what we have. Go buy ours because it's so much more awesome than this new Xbox. So it could go either way. Bryce? I feel he's um, he's doing show your cards first so we can develop a counter plan and have time to work on our strategy instead of them both announcing at the same time and running the risk that they're announcement falls much shorter than the Microsoft announcement. He's just playing it safe. But didn't they do that last last time? I didn't say it was going to work well. <laughs> well, also last time, I mean, the 360 had a giant leap forward. You know, they came out way, way, way earlier than anyone else that time. Yeah, they were ahead by a long time. By a whole year. Yeah. So if they come out within a reasonable time of each other, even if giving them a head start is, I guess, okay under the circumstances, if both come are released right around the same time frame. So, well, go ahead. I think that if uh, these are the uh, leaked uh, specs, if they are, in fact, the actual specs, I think that they should probably just make an announcement sooner rather than later. Um, because then it, if they are the actual specs, nobody's going to be surprised. So they should just, you know, get it out there because they don't have anything to hold back from Microsoft if it's already out there. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if they're, if they're proud of it, show it off and say, here, top this. Well, uh, that, uh, does it for a new segment. Uh, when we come back, uh, we don't have any reviews this week, uh, so when we come back, we're going to go ahead straight into the Round Table of Doom right after the break. The Round Table of Doom. And we're back with the world-famous Round Table of Doom. 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 <laughs> okay, this week's topic. Uh, with the advent of online gaming and entertainment becoming so prevalent uh, in this console generation, and we'll, we'll include PCs for that matter as well, um, I'll ask uh, simply uh, just a couple questions. Let me know and elaborate uh, what you would like on it. Um, we'll start off with Sarah. Which service ultimately was better this generation? Xbox Live... PlayStation Plus, and I'll throw in Steam as well. Which would you think was the best ultimately for this com uh, the consumer in this, let's say, five or six year run? If I'm going on a personal level, I personally prefer Steam. It's just for me the easiest to access, and their library is. I don't want to say the most comprehensive, but again, that's just personally. I also favor the PlayStation Store over the Xbox Marketplace. I think it's a bit easier to use, a bit more user-friendly. Fair enough. Um, as far as the just the interface and going through it is concerned? I will... I think so, but I will admit that my opinion is a little bit biased. I use PlayStation so much more than I use Xbox. It's just the system that I prefer at this point. Mm -hmm. So there is some bias in that answer, but that's just how I feel. Alrighty. Jeremiah, what do you think? Um, well, I mean, since you're talking about a pretty long stretch of time, 
Um, Steam has always been consistently good. I mean, it has a great library. Tons and tons and tons of amazing sales. I mean, there's no way to go wrong with the sales that are on Steam. Like, you know, especially if there's some good games that you might have missed along the way. Just wait for a Steam sale. It's going to be on sale. Like, at some point, it will be. Um, as far as the two consoles, um, Xbox Live started as a better service um, by far um, for a lot of reasons. I mean, like, the this, this store was way better to navigate, um, and just, like, the service in general was a lot smoother. Um, I mean, it's, it still is really smooth. Um, you know, they take care of hackers pretty quick. Um, you know, all that, you know, good stuff that, uh, you know, makes it a, a good service. But, you know, over the years of them adding Connect, changing the shop around, uh, I absolutely hate the new Xbox uh, Marketplace. Um, it's really cumbersome, um, annoying to use. Uh, and then, you know, you've got PlayStation, which they've added in their PlayStation Plus, which... Uh, to be totally honest, didn't start off very good because um, it didn't have a whole lot of good stuff in there. Um, but I actually just got on board with Plus uh, just the you know the other day. Um, they you know have some good stuff on there now. Um, They're giving you they, as of this point to the end of February or end of March three months free. Yeah, uh, they just started that, and that's why I jumped on like you know three months free when you buy a year. Um, pretty good deal, especially considering all the free games you get out of it. Um, you know, both you know for the PS3 and the Vita uh, as well. So, um, pretty good deal there. Uh, though I have to say, I don't like the newer PlayStation 3 store at all. Um, the older layout was much better, much faster, um, and easier to find stuff. Uh, but I do like the Vita's setup uh, as far as like the store goes. So, I mean, that's kind of my breakdown of those three, at least. Fair enough. Bryce? Um, of the three, I'm going to choose Steam. Uh, I mean, in my opinion, Steam vastly is superior to the other two. It's free. There's awesome deals. It's a hub for a lot of indie games to show up, more so than the Xbox Live and PlayStation Store. Um I think the deal for this week is you can get Skyrim half off, which is amazing. You can't get a game for a new console that cheap, especially being as relatively new as Skyrim is. Um, its interface is comprehensible, and it's just awesome. Of uh, The consoles, I, I do favor Xbox Live better than PlayStation just for its, its connectivity superiority. Um, I... I don't linger too much on the store for either, but I do play a lot of online games with friends, and connectivity issues seem to be more apparent when I'm playing PlayStation versus Xbox. And, I mean, who could forget PlayStation being hacked for, what, six, six to eight weeks of being down downtime? So that definitely puts a big negative in their corner for me. Fair but, enough. Still, I think Steam is vastly superior. So? Um, I honestly don't use online that much. My online playing tends to be exclusively WoW. Um, I do, I do have Steam and I've used Steam in the past, um, and it works very well. I think it's a great system. It's been around forever. And of course, the Steam sales, which um, I wish I could hide from Jeremiah sometimes, but they're pretty good about advertising that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I don't know. I honestly have not done much on PlayStation on their online at all, really. I remember um, how many years ago it was now when they were like, oh, PlayStation Home, and uh, I got on and messed around with that, and that was um, interesting, and it's still, I believe, in a beta for, I don't know how many years, but um, as far as their store goes, uh, when I have bought things on their store, I think it's only been once or twice, and I remember having a heck of a time trying to find what it was I wanted, and then trying to check out was hard enough as well. Um, but honestly, my opinion isn't very solid since I don't have a lot of experience with it. Um, the same goes for Xbox Live, though 
Um, I find navigating their uh, marketplace a little easier, um, mostly because I can just go and find. I know how to go and find the game, or when you pop the disc in, you can uh, search through, you know, add-ons that are specifically for that game, which is about all that I do with the online. Um, but as far as the three of them go, I've gotten the most use out of Steam, um, and it just, I don't know, they're all online. Fair enough, fair enough. And my next question in the round table of doom. Let's go with... Hmm, let's start with Steph this time. How much of a need is disc-based gaming now, and how much do you think it'll be needed five years from now? Um, well, most people that do have a console have an internet hookup, so... Honestly, it's not really needed. I personally like having a physical copy of my game when I buy something, and that goes for just about anything. Like, I, I still like buying an actual CD. I still like having a physical, like, I bought this and I have this. Um, it takes up a bunch of space, and I've accepted that. Um, but there really isn't a need for it, I guess. Um, the marketplace for people that don't have access to be able to purchase these things online or digitally is really shrinking. There's not, like I said, many people that don't have an internet connection now. So the the need for a disc is definitely, you know, diminished. Fair enough. Sarah? Sorry, I was on mute. My opinion is actually completely opposite of Stephanie's. I prefer to download everything. I don't like a whole lot of clutter. And I like, like she said, with CDs and whatnot, I prefer to download all of those. And I feel like maybe not so much right at this point in time, but within the next five years, actual owning like an actual disc for a game is going to become obsolete that um downloading the games is going to be the way to do things it's just it's easier it's readily accessible you know i don't have to leave the house i can just sit here in my pajamas and download a game and um you know there's a huge environmentalist movement right now and it's more environmentally friendly fair enough bryce um, I prefer discs as a tangible way to have something, as Stephanie says, but the need is no longer relevant even now. I mean, to bring it back to Steam, you can download or buy a game and just keep it in your library and not even have to download it to your computer if you want. I mean, or firstly, you can download the game, beat it, and then undownload it and still have it in your library. So, um, if consoles want to go that route and PlayStation, Xbox, just keep a library of all the games you have for you, then that's probably cheaper for them or cheaper for publishers since they don't have to mass produce physical copies and it's just more profit, but that's my opinion. Jeremiah, what are your thoughts? Yeah, kind of mirroring what Bryce said, the need is definitely not there, but I do have to say, you know, like Stephanie, I love having the physical game. I mean, I've, you know, I've I've been playing games since they started, and I have a pretty good collection of, you know, old school stuff, and it's really cool being able to, you know, see my collection and, you know, show other people my collection, and it's, it's a completely different experience, like, you know, bringing out the old system, like popping in some games and, you know, playing them that way. You know, as opposed to, I mean, I have emulators on my computer. I have, you know, all the games on there, but it's just, you know, it's a totally different experience. And I don't know, I just, I know I'm going to miss it, the time when it finally, you know, they they just completely cut it off. Because I know it'll happen at some point, and I'm going to be sad. And the other unfortunate thing is it's going to cut out, you know, used games um, completely. So, you know... That's also an unfortunate thing. But bear in mind, there's still uh, at least a third of this country still without a consistent 
um, internet connection. So I, I ask you, I'll head it to Steph, uh, who started this. What are your thoughts as far as it's concerned? It, you know, right now we still have to get a decent chunk of the country up to speed as far as internet, correct? Um, yeah, uh, I think that as more people get uh, reliable access to internet, the need for the disk is really going to go down. Um, though, when you think about it at the cost, the price of the new consoles, the price of even the current gen consoles, um, most people that can put out that amount of money, um, especially with um, the new ones that are going to be coming out with the price points that they're rumored to be at, People that can, you know, drop that amount of money that fast um, are probably the kind of people that can afford to have some sort of internet connection. Well, sounds like, you know, that it's going towards that in the future. It's going towards a full digital digital output in the future, but I think they still need to make sure that they are able to provide every consumer, at least in domestic, Canada, North America, and Europe markets um, who have access that they're going to be able to get it, um, whether or not they're, they want to be on the Internet or not. But it looks more and more like there's going to be all digital consoles in the not-too-distant future. Um, for the next question I have in the round table of doom, and I think this is, we'll probably just touch on this, and then I think, uh, you know, we may uh, head out into the sunset after this. But uh, if there was one thing, one single solitary thing you could add to one of the big three, make it four services. Let's add the Miiverse, say, for the sake of, you know, discussion today. What would it be? If you could add one thing to one of the four services that are out there, Steam, Xbox Live, PlayStation Network, and Miiverse. I'll start with Jeremiah. Uh, honestly, I'm not really sure. I mean, I do hope that uh, Microsoft, with their new system, decides to finally make their service free and maybe have some kind of bonus option the way that PlayStation Plus has. Um, I mean, because like I said, I, I, mean, I did think it was a good service when it started, but, I mean, at this point in time, like, I don't think they can really get away with that anymore. Um, I mean, that's probably the only real thing I could add to any of them. Uh, I do hope PlayStation continues with, you know, that same, you know, kind of service. Uh, and as far as Miiverse goes, it's such a different beast. Uh, entirely. I mean, they have such a, you know, very different setup. Um, I mean, I kind of like it. It's interesting. Um, but, I mean, it's definitely got potential to do more. I just, you know, Nintendo's so out there, I have no idea what they're going to be doing with it. Fair enough. Um, Sarah? You're muted again. Yes. Sorry. I think I agree with Jeremiah. I think that, you know, Xbox should be a free service. All of the other ones are free. And it would just be beneficial to the company and, more importantly, the user. Let's go with Bryce. Um, I would like to have PlayStation have the same... Uh, connectivity or success that Microsoft has and that would be perfect for me. And last but certainly not least, Steph Fu. I would like Microsoft to charge an actual dollar amount rather than Microsoft Voice. Well, I thought they were, were they not rolling that over? Well, um, if they are, that would make me very happy. I haven't heard that. Obviously, like I said earlier, I'll spend that much time on it, so I don't pay quite so much attention to stuff like that. But no, no, I thought they had some time back last year had announced that they were going to end or periodically over the course of time roll over, you know, into a more understandable system because, I, I like you said, the Microsoft Point system as it, as it is now is con- confusing to the average consumer. 
um, and it, it really did, did not make a lot of sense then. It certainly doesn't make a lot of sense now. Um, I think, you know, if you, they went more to a Nintendo format as far as the way they distribute points, 2,000 points, $20, there you go. You know, it didn't, you know, take a rocket scientist to figure out that that would be a lot easier for the consumers. But uh, I don't think I could agree with you uh, any more on that one than, than possible because that's that's definitely uh, something that needs to be done in a hurry. Maybe the new system will bring out uh, that change uh permanently so uh, that does it for this time on the round table of doom uh, and we'll be back to close up shop right after the break you're listening to the game source podcast yay great job girls and we're back, and uh, we just wanted to again thank everyone for listening to the podcast. This is episode number 55. Um, if you'd like to listen back to any one of our previous podcasts, they're available on our home site, yourgamesource.com. Also as well, if you have a mobile service, you're scouring the Internet with your mobile phone or your tablet or iPad device, uh, just head on over to www.yourgamesource.com, and our mobile site will automatically pop up for you if you so choose. You can cancel, hit cancel and get our main site, but if you want something that's more streamlined, uh, that's also a good way to get a condensed version of our site with all of our podcasts still available up there on our database. Uh, also, as well, our latest blogs will be posted on our mobile site as well. Um, every seems, everything seems to be flowing through nicely as far as reviews, blogs get updated. We actually send out notifications to anybody who's downloaded it, uh, the mobile service, and it really is uh, quite a good app. Uh, it's good looking too, uh, and I'm, I'm really happy with it, and I'm, uh, I've heard nothing but good things about it from all of our users out there. Um, so that's it for us. Remember, it's www.yourgamesource.com. Like us on Facebook Game Source on Facebook. There's also as well Game Source on Twitter, uh, yourgamesource.com, the entire word. Um, and if you've missed any of our CES co uh, coverage, we just released a compilation video covering the in everything we covered at CES. Uh, that's now up on our yourgamesource.com, the entire thing uh, spelled out, uh, YouTube channel. Also, as well, we have Your Game Source on iTunes. And I think that's going to take care of it for this evening. Uh, so for me, Gerald, uh, better known as Yes of Us Lives, Bryce. Have a good night. Jeremiah. Take care and keep playing. Stefu. Bye-bye. And Sarah. Bye-bye. Our, our editor-in-chief. So. <laughs> Bye-bye. All right, so for all of us here at yourgamesource.com, we'll see you next time, and have a good one.